We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Diggs. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime and Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And as always, I am joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on Road of His Overtime, also the co-host of Stadium Bananas. But Sean, we had Travis May on on Tuesday's podcast and we teased it then. I am delighted to say that we have Travis on again. If you aren't already following Travis for his work, make sure you check him out on Twitter at FF underscore Travis May. But Sean, Travis had a he just as we knew he would, he he crushed it on Tuesday. And uh, no doubt today's show we're going to have more of the same as we dive in today to wide receivers and running backs i know the listeners will be excited to hear this one but travis always does a fantastic job but yeah tuesday was fantastic and and no doubt today will be the same yeah he was great and getting that sort of extra and advanced information on the quarterbacks i think is just absolutely crucial because this is going to be a draft where you can hit on the right quarterback you could change your super flex fortunes for the next decade and we know that in dynasty that's absolutely huge Today, we're going to be looking at wide receivers and running backs, another one of Travis's specialties there with the adjusted production index. He's got a lot of cool information for us there. We know that wide receivers are the strength of this draft, so we want to make sure, again, obviously we hit the stars and not the busts out of this group. Also mentioned that Travis has up on the site five small school wide receivers who could be the next Deontay Johnson. That's not a part that we're going to go through on the show today, but certainly you'll want to hop over to the site and check that out because if you can get a Deontay Johnson in the third round of your rookie draft, then again, you'll be flying. So really looking forward to getting into it here with Travis, and here we go. So, Sean, we're delighted again to have Travis on the show. We had him on the show on Tuesday. We have him today. Anytime we can have him on, uh, it's always fantastic. I was thinking back earlier uh, this week before we were setting up the interviews. The last time we had Travis on, I had, hadn't had internet in the house that I'm living in at the moment, um, and I was recording it kind of hunched over in like the most uncomfortable position. But the, the information was so good that time that it, it really is my pain. That was back before last year's NFL draft. So a little bit more comfortable recording today, Travis, um, but really looking forward to talking wide receivers and running backs. We'd love to jump into that. But thanks for joining us again on the show. Yeah, glad to. And yeah, I, I didn't mention this before, but uh, I don't think you had this fantastic beard last time we recorded either. So it's, it's looking good. It's, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. 
It's, it's coming along. I don't know. Um, the last couple, of, the last week or two, though, I've been getting comments around the house from my wife that it feels like it may be on its last legs. I don't know. What, we'll see what happens. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's always that tipping point. It's like, okay, okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going now. But I have it. Uh, I have it. Uh, maybe four months um, started for the NFL season. So we'll see where it where it goes. But we are going to talk on wide receivers and running backs. And Sean, as I did in the first show of the week, I'll, I'll let you decide where we start off here. Yeah, we're going to talk about receivers, but it is uh, at least amusing to me. I, I, Colin probably has a different perspective here, but he fails to mention that that's his Aaron Rodgers MVP beard. So uh, his <laughs> his family probably feels like it should go the same place that Rodgers MVP trophy goes. No, we're going over here to wide receivers. And Travis, this is one of your babies in area that you've done a lot of fantastic research. And I think the area that people are kind of the most excited about when we get to talking about rookie drafts because even though running backs are still sort of the crown jewel if you have a guy who's a star we know these wide receivers if you hit uh, not only do you have a guy who's going to make an impact now but he's you have a guy who's going to make an impact for a decade where the running backs can have a hard time holding up to that level we hear a lot that the 2022 draft isn't very strong that if you have a chance you should trade out into 2023 which has all kinds of problems because we don't know what's going to happen between now and then you lose all of that time value for your picks. And perhaps you pass on some guys that are extremely exciting. One of the things that really jumps out kind of at the top of this draft is that there are some wide receivers who are very intriguing. It seems like one of the reasons that perhaps people aren't looking at these guys in the same light as some other players is that, well, number one, and we don't have a Jamar Chase, but that's going to be true basically every year, right? I mean, he's yeah. <laughs> someone who comes along, you know, once every 15 years, and you kind of have to look back to, to Calvin Johnson to see someone that you could be that excited about. But the other thing is that we have guys who are coming out early, which we know is great, but when they're coming out early and had a season for most of them, obviously that sophomore campaign that was so odd, you know, we maybe have a little bit less to judge these guys on, but that doesn't mean that we don't have some real stars Take us through some of the highlights of the adjusted production index. You're looking at peak dominator rating. You're looking at peak yards per team attempt. You're looking at peak touchdown per team attempt and kind of going through and putting these guys in their percentiles where they fit, kind of looking back to other types of players. But one of the other things that I just really love about what you did for the rookie guide is that you do break down the different elements. So if someone you know wants to see the yards per team attempt, the peak numbers for that, they can do that. If they kind of want to see you know how they fit in the three categories where they're strong where they're weak you know if you have someone like a drake london for example who the area that maybe he didn't pop was touchdowns and you're thinking that's kind of odd because i mean he's obviously someone who projects as a good touchdown score at the nfl level you know maybe you even boost his profile a little bit more so you're like yeah i'm not worried about that start us off here Traylon burks just how good of a prospect is he well in this class uh he should be considered the top uh, analytical candidate. Uh, he, you know, peaked at like 47% in, in terms of his dominator, you know, taking up about half of the receiving production in his peak year uh, for Arkansas, which is just fantastic. Uh, and then again, his yards per team pass attempt, which is the easiest metric, I think, to understand because uh, it's exactly what, what it sounds like. It is that his receiving yards per his team's pass attempts, you know, and so it's 3.8 there, which a really good, uh, NFL wide receiver might eclipse uh, three yards per team pass attempt. He's almost up to four. And so <laughs> he was uh, crazy high in that metric. 
uh, measure. And uh, again, even with the touchdowns, like scoring a, an insane amount of touchdowns per team pass attempt too. So really just fills out his, his profile from every single angle uh, and really comes in around the 94th percentile among drafted wide receivers. And so uh, Burks doesn't have very many questions because he's got the speed. He's got incredible size. He's got a great analytical profile. Uh, why he's weird is because he basically plays like a big slot wide receiver most of the time. So uh, he almost projects like a modern move tight end more than he does a wide receiver, given his size and speed and uh, and, in, and his usage. But uh, I think in the NFL, he's going to be a wide receiver. He's going to be that guy who can play X, but he can absolutely destroy slot defenders given his size speed combo. And so I think he's going to be just this, this unicorn potentially that, uh, maybe helps to find what uh, team big wide receiver can look like in the future because we, we've seen this shift away from that. Um, I think guys like Burks could bring that back if he's if he's used in the right scheme because I think he's going to hit wherever he goes uh, in this class. Like there's nobody that touches his analytical profile or his physical stature and speed combo, so uh, he's really fun. Yeah, there's a lot of over the last probably five or so years there's kind of more different body types the wide receiver position around the nfl than we would have had you know in the previous maybe 20 years but um there's gonna be some interesting candidates like you mentioned there to see if we can get that mold of team big wide receiver back on on track um yeah. drake, drake london um looks very good in this uh draft class but given his size um what what are we looking at here with you know touchdowns hopefully not been an issue when it comes to the NFL level. Do you think he is somebody who may be undervalued in this class? I think so right now, just because I, I think what it's what's going to end up happening is, is he's going to be a uh, top 15 overall NFL draft pick. And then any doubt as to how the NFL values him is going to be left behind. And so we haven't seen this many big wide receivers drafted early in recent classes, but we've got Traylon Burks, Huge dude. Drake and Drake London, huge dude. And we got George Pickens again, like six four plus and 200 pounds and, and fast. And uh, these big wide receivers are, are going to be fun. Uh, and the thing about London, like with his touchdowns, so I mean, USC just kind of spreads the, the ball around. Like we haven't uh, schematically, we, we've seen them like go a bunch of 10 personnel with like four wide. Um, at worst, they're they're in 11 personnel and it's like nothing but pistol and shotgun at all. Like even if they need one yard, it's fourth and half a yard. They'll line up in the pistol. They don't care. It's, it's been really weird the past few seasons, which um, has kind of hindered the peak profile of guys like Amon Ross St. Brown and Drake London uh, because of just how they utilize and spread around, uh, really use, utilize a wide uh, variety of, of um, schemes and wide receivers and uh, they've had some good ones that have played together and they've kind of sapped each other's production but uh, Drake London's I guess eight or nine game stretch last year where he had 120 targets or so uh, he was we really missed out when he went down with an injury to his ankle we, we missed out on one of perhaps what could have been like one of the best uh, receiver seasons ever uh, so he was really fixing his production profile before he went down. So, you know, about half of the team's receiving production, uh, really showing some efficiency, just not putting up a bunch of touchdowns because they had, well, uh, an injured Keaton Slovis, and then they had a, a true freshman in Jackson Dart. So the efficiency wasn't going to be there. They, they weren't scoring a bunch. The, the, the program let go of their head coach. It, it, USC kind of fell apart. And so uh, that didn't help. <laughs> but London is a fantastic player. Uh, his usage is a little bit odd just because it's a bunch of goes, comebacks, curls, and screens. Uh, and so he needs to round out 
the diversity of his route tree, I guess, if we want to nitpick, but he's a first round wide receiver for sure. And you mentioned a top 15 pick for him, someone who could go in the top 10 and has a little bit of a different profile and is not that kind of size specimen, but people have been thinking would be the top receiver in this draft for a long time. We look at Garrett Wilson, right? He has got good numbers in dominator rating, good numbers in yards per team pass attempt. And that's especially when you consider the teammate competition. And we were talking about a borderline Alabama situation here where they had the four first round wide receivers. Travis, tell us a little bit about what you still might be looking for from him in the process. And would you consider him to be a possibility at the 101 if he goes as the first wide receiver in the reality draft? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I guess you, you would have to have him in that conversation. I think he, it's funny, I, as much as I talked to Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson's actually still my wide receiver one, uh, because he actually, I think I don't have questions about his deployment in the pros. Like we've seen his particular arch archetype succeed within the most recent modern version of the NFL game. And, uh, Wilson succeeded in, in every role that he's been asked to play in, whether it was when he was a freshman and more of a slot role, whether it was after they moved him outside and he, he succeeded there, he succeeded as a deep receiver. He succeeded as a possession receiver and he checks all the analytical boxes uh, as well. And the thing about the adjusted production index, like it's not like a one-to-one -one ranking system. Hey, you're the highest there. And so you're automatically my wide receiver one. Like, I just want to see a guy get at least the 60th percentile. Um, like over the years, when I break down the numbers in both projecting capital and projecting future success, you really need, like there are exceptions, but you really need to be above the 60th percentile. And if you're above the 60th percentile um, and you're a fantastic wide receiver, especially if you're sharing targets with a bunch of other fantastic wide receivers, um, I don't have like almost any questions. I, I think back to the year that we saw, you know, AJ Brown come out. Like he didn't have a crazy, crazy peak profile, like by the adjusted production index's standards. Like he was in the 60s in terms of his percentile, but he was splitting targets with DK Metcalf. So, like, you're not going to have a half of the entire team's offense when you have another uh, premier NFL wide receiver garnering targets. It's just not going to happen. And, and Wilson, and Wilson had two of those. Like Chris Olave also might get first round capital. Jackson Smith and Jigba better than both of them and is going to be the wide receiver one and wide receiver two next next year. Like Wilson and Olave themselves have said JSN's better than them, like which is crazy because Wilson could be the wide receiver one this year. I just don't have virtually any questions because from a film standpoint, he runs every route you want him to and wins in every way that you want him to. He can play bigger than he is as well, given his freak athleticism. And we've seen that dating back to his high school days when he was a five-star recruit. And I mean, it's been since early high school. We knew, yeah, this kid's going to coach to the pros. How fast is he? I think he's going to be at four, two, uh, you know, four twos, four, four, two, four, four, five, you know, that kind of range. And, and I don't really care if he runs a four, four, six, I'm not going to be like, Oh my gosh, he's so slow. Cause like he, he plays fast enough and, and separates consistently, uh, like every play. Hey, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast. I wanted to let you know that the podcast you are listening to right now is sponsored by better help. And I can speak from personal experience and tell you that if you or someone you love is struggling with depression, they're dealing with anxiety talking to somebody about it can make a huge difference. And that's what BetterHelp does. Within 48 hours of signing on with BetterHelp, they'll match you with a professional 
therapist. These therapists have a broad range of expertise that might not be available where you live. This is a worldwide service that's easy to use, allows you to get matched with a therapist that you can communicate with. You can send messages, get thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You can talk through anything that you need. And BetterHelp is committed to facilitating therapeutic matches that can give you all of the benefits of traditional offline therapy. They want you to start living a happier life today. And I believe that talk therapy is one of the ways that you can do that. Visit their website, www.betterhelp.com forward slash reviews to hear and read some of their testimonials. Again, you're going to want to visit BetterHelp, Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And we have a special offer for RotoViz listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash RotoViz. Can't recommend how important and how helpful talk therapy can be, so please check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I asked this as well when we talked about the quarterbacks, and it's a question that I, I know listeners love to hear. I know it's the thing that you know people like to click on when they see about sleepers uh, online and things like that as well. We want to dive in. We want to know who is kind of the player we can get at the lowest cost that's going to be the biggest uh, superstar. But are there some guys that this year are, again, going to slide maybe a little bit under the radar and can be... Um, can provide that value and I guess sometimes when we talk about that it can even be a guy who's you know going in the second round who is you know we're, we're still buying at a, a good value even though he's going at that spot is there anyone that you're you're really keen on heading into this draft uh, I think my favorite pick for that would be David Bell of Purdue and that's not just because I went to Purdue <laughs> uh, but uh, I think he's going to slip because he's not going to have uh, this NFL combine performance that has people drooling you know, he's going to be fast enough. He's going to be big enough. And uh, there were already questions, I think, about his peak athleticism or whatever. But we're talking about a guy who's been one of the most productive wide receivers in the nation since he joined 
college the college ranks but even prior to that he was like setting records in in my home state of indiana for being one of the most productive prolific uh, wide receivers ever and then uh, decided to stay home and go to purdue he could have gone to, to so many other places and just maybe even smashed even more and you know maybe if you put an alabama a on his helmet uh, he's a surefire first round pick but i think just because we saw uh, rondale moore uh, you know, have have the freshman NFL season that he did last year, which I guess disappointed many people uh, in terms of broke our hearts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think you know. Well, here's another Purdue guy. He's probably just going to do the same thing, but he's a completely different player. He's an outside X wide receiver uh, that uh, you know accounted for almost fifty percent of Purdue's production in his peak year. Uh, and and yes, he didn't have the crazy peak adjusted yards per team pass attempt, but that's because the Purdue offense is just inefficient and they have uh, constant undrafted free agent talents all around them uh, that hurts the efficiency there. So I think Bell is going to go in the second round of the NFL draft and is going to be the forgotten wide receiver. And, he, and even though like we all ranked him highly in Debbie circles for years because he's amazing. And so, but, but he, he's not there. I think a lot of people have him like outside their top seven or eight, even wide receivers in this class. And I think that's a mistake. So you're not worried that he is going to really plummet in the reality draft and just. No, no, I, I think he's going to be, you know, he's probably going to go in around pick 60 ish, you know, near the end of round two, maybe even early round three and something like that. And that might be, that might sound like a super disappointment, but I think he's good enough to earn a role wherever he goes uh, pretty early on in his NFL career. And uh, I think that only makes him cheaper. And that's fantastic because he's a great player. Yeah, it's interesting to think about that within the context of how rookie drafts are going to play out because the number of receivers that we can feel comfortable with uh, due to where they're landing and what the NFL thinks about them will really dictate sort of the back half or the back third of that first round and create that situation where people are trying to decide whether or not they want to move those picks for 2023 picks if they have that option and then how the second round deepens I mean, one of the things that i really loved about our conversation on the tuesday show was the discussion of the tight ends and how that would fill out because i especially think that in tight end premium formats which so many leagues are going to now that the depth in round two is better than people realize i don't know bell is one of those players for me that kind of makes or breaks this draft because it's one star player deeper if the nfl likes him you know if he's more of a, a round two rookie pick then the excitement falls off a lot but the other thing that's going to really dictate the shape of these rookie drafts is obviously the running back position and travis you mentioned three wide receivers that you love and yet you have a running back rank number one we're going to leave that for a second and kind of start with a big sleeper here and we talked about this a lot during our ranking summit during our mock drafts and i was not in at the time but rashad white is growing on me every time that i look through the different profiles every time i watch these guys play is he the next Ramondre stevenson is it something where it's actually much better than it now obviously stevenson looked very good his fantasy value is, is tied to his kind of slot there with the patriots and we don't know where any of these running backs are going to go yet they are much more susceptible to bad landing spots than wide receivers are obviously but i mean is this the guy that people should already be looking at as the big riser or the big sleeper can you draft him even say in 
redraft formats and best ball drafts that are going on right now? Is he a target for you? Absolutely. I, I'm of the mindset that he should be considered, you know, running back five-ish in this class. I think he should be in the top five conversation at the position this year, especially in a, 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 let's face it, this, this class is not super deep. It's not 2020 with like five, six guys who probably deserve early round two kind of capital. Uh, it's just not that class. Like there's three guys, you know, uh, that we'll get to here shortly that I think are by consensus just in that conversation. And then once you get past those three, it's like any direction is like there's all there's an argument to be made for several guys. But Rashad White, I think in the right spot could be this, this might scare some people just because what he's done lately. But, you know, early career David Johnson, like David Johnson was old and he came from an FCS school. Like, like he had some questions, but what he did have was size and he, what he did have was receiving acumen uh, and he was good at everything. And Rashad White is good at everything. And he was incredibly efficient, especially in his first year for Arizona State. Yes, he is an older back and I know we love to see uh, younger running backs, but what he's done when asked to um, is dominate with uh, as a receiver and as a runner. Um, in terms of his uh, yards per game, uh, it's crazy. Like as we're saying, he's basically a wide receiver. Like I mean, he caught like over forty balls last year. One of the most productive receiving backs in the nation. Um, in twenty twenty, had over eleven yards per touch, which is just insanity. It was a small size uh, sample size, but man, the guy uh, creates on his own uh, and was doing so for a program that's. <laughs> been crumbling for the past two years. Like he was succeeding despite the situation. Arizona State, uh, you know, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but like they're, they're shedding coaches, they're shedding players uh, because it's been a dumpster fire. Uh, they 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 were like outside the top 100 in recruiting because it's such a a, a perceived to be a, a kind of a hellhole to to go to right now. So uh, despite all that, Rashad White basically took a. Uh, a really top tier running back uh, recruit and said, Hey, I'm going to sit you on the bench, Demonte Trianum. And apparently he messed him up so bad that dude, dude just converted positions because he's, he transferred to Ohio State and is now going to play linebacker. He's like, I, I apparently I'm terrible because Rashad White is just a, a demigod, you know? So, uh, so I, I, yeah, Rashad White is, is the real deal. Well, that's wondering uh, why I was wondering about that sort of comparison with Stevenson. You mentioned David Johnson. We know that David Johnson was able to run some routes down the field, maybe not the long speed, but incredible agility. Does White have those abilities? I mean, we see him create the big play at the college level. Does he have the athleticism and the route running ability to be a big running back, wide receiver-ish weapon, this big hybrid player right away? Absolutely. I mean, like, it's funny. I, I joke with Stefan on the uh, college to Kent show all the time about pa the Pac-12 just being terrible, but really it's just like nobody watches the Pac-12. And so like, you know, when Arizona State's games start at 930 Eastern, like on a Thursday, like, I don't know who decided that. They're like, hey, we want to make sure that nobody watches our games. So let's just make sure that nobody ever watches our team ever. Um, and so I don't think a lot of people are aware that like he's making guys look really dumb like on most snaps like he'll he'll make somebody completely miss he'll, he'll hurdle the defender like twice in the same drive even and um and like if it was Najee harris the whole world drools and is like oh my gosh look at this big guy just hurtling people and but no like he plays for arizona state instead and so we don't care but 
he's got the athleticism to hurdle people and then make you miss uh like what, what's the what's the cliche uh, make defenders miss in a phone booth like he's yeah that's the thing and and so he can do that from an agility standpoint and he's a receiver and he's a runner and so uh yeah i think he, he could do that at the next level the other running back cliche is always can he turn on a dime oh, can man. he do that or can he just make it makes me laugh <laughs> every time I'm, like the only say like there's like five things that everyone says over and over and over again and just yeah yeah so uh, no we'll see we'll see how it falls out um Brees hall is a, a somebody who you had rated very highly in the rookie guide you had him number one overall in fact and that um his stats and highlights suggest you know a bigger more athletic david montgomery and for listeners off the show david montgomery is either depending on two years ago uh, if they picked him up when uh, we had the great window of success for him or where you've drafted him over the years will probably determine what your thoughts on david montgomery is but um you know he has been productive at the nfl level is that something that'll you know push him you mentioned Najee harris there a moment ago and he's somebody who was going very high in redraft last year is he somebody who coming in getting that draft capital could be you know pushed up into the the second round or third round of uh, redraft yeah uh, absolutely i mean where i think like you mentioned earlier sean i mean these guys are a little bit more landing spot dependent. Uh, if they come into a situation where there's already a really strong 1A, I mean, I'll, uh, you know, last year, Javante Williams coming in with Melvin Gordon still there, there's going to be a, a ceiling. And so that he might disappoint and I might move him down depending on where he lands. But, but Reese Hall, what he did two years in a row, like there was only one more productive running back than Reese Hall in uh, 2020. And that guy's name was Najee Harris. Uh, and then, you know, Brees Hall is like, okay, it's a great year. You had 1,700 yards from scrimmage. Okay, can you do it again? And he basically does the exact same thing and puts up another 1,700 yards from scrimmage. And uh, even even though everybody knows, hey, this is all they can do. Like that that quarterback, Brock Purdy, like he's only good in October. Like outside of that, he's terrible. Like there, that, there's actually a joke. Like it's, they call it Brocktober because he's bad outside of every single month. But anyway, they, they have to they, – they can't recruit in Iowa State because – it's Iowa. Sorry, Iowa listeners. But uh, it, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a problem they, they really can't recruit. They can't recruit offensive linemen even. So you, you've got them running all these 12, 12 personnel packages, 13 personnel packages j- just to get a bunch of bodies in there. Hey, let's just create as much space as we can because we can't block. Uh, they know we're going to run. So we might as well just dress it up that way. And then Brees Hall still creates for himself uh, from from you know an efficiency standpoint, like better than he should, like his, his raw yards per carry is not going to match, um, you know, your typical elite NFL starter. Uh, and I think because of his raw counting stats, he's probably not going to be a first-round pick. I don't think we're going to see uh, any first-round running back this year. Uh, but that's okay. I, I still think that Hall has a size, the receiving ability, and the ability to create for himself uh, that he's going to succeed. So you had mentioned the big three, and we have Spiller and Walker are the other two likely to go early, Travis. But who should we be looking at as potential sleepers? Again, as we try and figure out, you know, what does the second round of the Superflex rookie drafts look like? What does, you know, round 15, 16, 17 look like in early best ball? What are the names we should be keeping in mind? Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are starting to push Kyron Williams up. Uh, that's a name that a lot of people should keep on the radar. Uh, I think he's probably many people's uh, running back four, but he might fall into the late round three uh, or even early round four of the NFL draft, given how the NFL is prioritizing the position. And because of his size, uh, if he, especially if he weighs in under 200 at the combine, people are going to be like, nah, I'm, I'm good. 
And so I think he could drop because of his size. Uh, he could drop because maybe he, he's not going to test it like the 90th percentile athletically. And he's just going to be like, man, he, he's good enough uh, from a uh, combine standpoint. Uh, I think he is fast. I think he's fast enough. I think he's maybe alongside Rashad White, the best, you know, in, in competition with Rashad White, the best receiving back in college football in the, in the entire country last year. Uh, so I think there's great value. I think he has good contact balance. So I think Kyron Williams, if he drops because of the size questions, he could be somebody that, that is a sleeper uh, in later rounds. But if you want the same kind of player who's even smaller, that's going to go much later. Um, and you asked me questions even in the ranking summit about this player, but Jer Jerry and Ely, I think he could be somebody that's uh, because of his incredible athleticism and pass catching acumen could go be a, a you know a sixth round pick. But because he's too stinking athletic, works his way into a 1B role, and his PPR upside uh, keeps him uh, really in the mix every single week to pump out 10, 11, 12 points and maybe peak if he has a touchdown week. So, um, you know, that, that could be a fun name to, to keep in the back of our pockets. Uh, and he's a name that uh, in Debbie circles, like we ranked him highly for a long time because he was a high pedigree guy, multi-sport guy who could be playing in the major leagues right now, but he's still doing football because uh, he, he believes in that as well. Um, but he was coming off a shoulder injury last year that which hurt uh, what could have been an incredibly efficient and uh, productive peak season. But he wasn't even himself until like halfway through September this past year. So uh, I think that knocks his real draft uh, stock. But he's somebody I'm looking at. I'm not super intrigued by either Georgia back, which might confuse some people. But James Cook is small uh, as well. Uh, but I'm not really uh, as impressed by him. Uh, Zmir White would have been great, uh, but he's not the same player he was two ACLs ago. Uh, so I'm not really uh, excited about him. But um, and even Brian Robinson, uh, Alabama. It, it's funny, like I'm fading at Alabama and Georgia running backs, which seems it's kind of scary. But that's that's where we are. <laughs> and um, just in case, obviously the running back can be there can be a lot of information going in, and obviously the fantastic work from travis and the team on the rookie guide as we mentioned a number of times in the show but anything at the running back position travis of uh that we haven't touched on today's show that you think is important to highlight well i think uh well a, a few of the road of his guys here have, have talked about the breakaway run percentage like big play percentage and uh you know mix you mix that in with their athleticism and their age and uh early draft capital and that's uh, that combo all married together is what we're really really looking for um but I think if we, uh, you know, want to highlight maybe one more player that could define expectations, uh, just because he had a, a weird trek uh, and, and I guess path that he followed in college, uh, Jerome Ford, running back Cincinnati. Uh, he started out as an Alabama running back. Uh, he was actually kind of a wide receiver in in high school for a good bit there, uh, so he has the receiving ability, uh, but he wasn't really asked to do that at Alabama. Uh, couldn't crack the lineup because he's behind Najee Harris for part of his career. Uh, and he decides, hey, look, I'm going to go feature somewhere. So he leaves and, and does exactly that. Features for Cincinnati as part of that playoff run for them this past year and had some huge, huge plays uh, in 2020. Uh, and, and when he's working his way up the depth chart and this year had, I think, a slightly lower breakaway percentage, but still really impressive profile. And not necessarily from a receiving standpoint, but I know he can do it given his background as a receiver. Like, so uh, he could really pop. Um, and, and even if he's a fourth round ish kind of pick, are these Cincinnati guys going to go a little bit earlier than they would have because they got that playoff exposure? 
Oh yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, Sauce Gardner is he's 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 got the well, actually, he's got the sauce. Like he 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 would be a good pick anyway. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to get a little bit of a boost because of how they did. And and really, most of the time, those guys don't even have an opportunity to play against the caliber of an Alabama, like in a given like a normal season. Like they're they're going to their conference championship and they're playing, you know, a Houston or a UCF, and they're not playing real NFL talent, but. Sauce showed up and he was like, hey, Jamison Williams, I know you're supposed to be a big deal, but I'm going to make sure that you're not a big deal today. Uh, so I think uh, they, they proved it in, in a big way. Like they, they just hung with Alabama, which is good enough because offensive line, they, they were getting shredded in, in the trenches. And so Ford was not going to look great or efficient in that game, but he did enough and he's <laughs> against his former teammates. Um, and so I think, yeah, he, he gets a boost. I think Maja Sanders gets a boost. A couple other guys. Uh, I, I don't think... Um, Oh, what's his face? Alec uh, Pierce. I don't think he should be going. I think he's going to get the boost that he does not deserve uh, in capital this year. Uh, there are some people that think he's going to get, you know, third, fourth round capital. If he does, I think that's a reach because uh, I'm not really a fan of Pierce. But but that's that's a different discussion. <laughs> and uh, we did mention you mentioned uh, you and Stefan on the College to Canton podcast i know you have a lot of stuff planned coming up towards the draft we might even link up on some stuff is there anything going on travis that you do want to highlight because i know you know you mentioned on tuesday show people looking to get you on to talk with rookies this is the time where you're really excelling in terms of the content you're putting out is there anything you want to let the listeners know that's in the pipeline yeah so i'm actually working on some sleeper pieces for uh running backs wide receivers tight ends quarterbacks I, really some value players at every single position and i'll be uh, talking through some of the most important metrics of those players in those pieces uh, so be looking for that here soon um as well as you know a, a kind of an an amped up look at my uh, kind of newer quarterback metrics i'm really excited to piece that together and flesh that out in the next uh edition of the rookie draft uh, or rookie guide rather and in the post draft guide i think once we actually see the capital assigned to some of these quarterbacks, uh, the model's even going to look better uh, because basically, I think I said on this on the last episode, like, man, the NFL is really valuing this efficiency. And I think they're, I don't think they're using the same measure, measures I am, but it, it looks like there's some value there. Uh, and, the, and the hit rate and draft capital rate is going to be the most absurd thing I've ever seen uh, after these guys actually slot in um, this year. So, Really excited about the, the work I'm doing on quarterbacks. And so I'm going to see if I can get even better at that maybe this summer. So just be looking for more quarterback nerdiness uh, here soon. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, super exciting stuff. And of course, check out Travis on Twitter if you aren't already. Uh, you'll be able to find out everything he's got going on there. It's at FF underscore Travis May. But lots of stuff coming up from Travis uh, over the, the course of the draft season. So perfect time to make sure you are following him there. Once again, thanks to Travis for coming on the show. As I mentioned, his Twitter handle is at FF underscore Travis M. I, I really think, and Sean mentions it on the show, even you know, we're covering some of Travis's work or the, the rookie draft guy. Travis is one of the, the best when it comes to college football and the Devi content, uh, the college football aspect. Check out the College to Canton podcast as well. Sean, uh, Travis did say there, he teased it at the start. He said about the beard again. It has got a couple of reactions from people who have been on as guests so maybe that's a positive but i also joked that uh listening to my wife over the last week or so <laughs> it feels like it could be on its last legs if the listeners want to go over and see it see if it remains over the next couple of weeks head on over you can check it out on the road of his youtube channel 
the show today and the the show that we did on Tuesday have been split up into clips for the different positions if you want to go and check them out but what we'd really appreciate is if you go over and hit that subscribe button we are closing in on 400 subscribers over there which is you know we're, we're starting off with modest goals but if we can hit that by the end of the week it'll be it'll be quite nice we hit 300 maybe three weeks ago so we're going at a, a fairly reasonable pace we'll keep pushing that ahead but sean fun week of show so far we will be back on saturday as we talk through some of your and, and colin can i get my vote in here it's uh for anybody who hasn't gone over to youtube and checked it out it's this beautiful full red brown beard i give my beard about a 1.5 that might be generous uh collins is at least an 8.5 so I'm going to vote for keeping it. Looks absolutely fantastic. Good job with the beard there. You know, at some point, we'll be able to disassociate it from Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And at that point, it'll just be a fantastic beard. Yeah, but it'll be a few years because it seems like Aaron Rodgers is going to stick around in Green Bay for another while yet. So we'll we'll get more out of this bet as it goes along. Whether the beard is the bet or whether the Aaron Rodgers part is the bet, we'll keep them going and integrate it into the shows. But you head on over, check out the Road of His YouTube channel. Uh, if you listen to Dave Caven and Curtis Patrick, you'll also see them live streaming up there and on Twitter with their shows as well. But you can check them out on the Road of His YouTube channel. As always, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL pass. All you have to do is head on over to rotaviz.com, add in the code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. That'll save you 10% off your Rotoviz NFL pass. With that said, all that's left to do is uh, sign off here. We'll be back on Saturday and we'll be talking tight ends and Sean's never too early best ball rankings at the tight end position. Excited to dive into that one because we know it is such a key position in having success in baseball season long or dynasty. So we'll be talking about that on Saturday. Until we're back then, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host as always is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. And until we're back on Saturday, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.